Talk Live, and the phones are open. If you want to join us here, you can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We will talk to you about absolutely anything that happens to be on your mind. Coming up here tonight, a pretty interesting headline that most Americans now see the FBI as Biden's Gestapo. Wow, that's so annoying. <laughs> Why is it annoying, Bonnie? By the way, Ian and Bonnie here tonight. Matt because may be joining like, us as well. It's like what my parents said the other day. My dad was like, this is bigger than Watergate ever was because there are multiple there are multiple federal uh, agencies colluding together. I was like, Dada, they all collude together. That's what they do. They all have the same bosses, so of course they all collude together. It's just annoying that Trump... Okay, I'm happy that Trump people are waking up to mm-hmm. the uh, corruption of the FBI and the federal government, but it's just annoying. And it's also annoying how they compartmentalize things like the FBI is corrupt, not necessarily everyone in the federal system or not necessarily the system itself. We can just replace it with good people, put the good people in the positions of power that the people who were put into positions of power got corrupt, you know, and got corrupted already, you know. The situation happened already. People that seemed fine got put into positions of power. They're not just corrupt, but evil psychopaths. We can just find new people to replace it with. That's what my dad's at. That's what all Trumpers seem to be at with this. Sure. That's a pretty common mythology when it comes to government is that, oh, well, you know, government bad when the other guy's in charge. But when it's our guys, then it's okay. Uh, Matt's joining us. Welcome, sir. Oh, let me unmute your mic. That would help as well. Oh, there we go. Hello, everybody. There you are. All right. Uh, So, like I was saying, uh, the news is apparently that most Americans see the FBI as Biden's Gestapo. We can get into that coming up here in moments. Plus, Karen lost big time yesterday in New Hampshire as she was attempting to challenge the uh, state reps who had voted in favor of letting the people of New Hampshire vote for independence. She went after all 14 uh, technically, it was 13 that voted for it, but 14. There was a there was a 14th guy that sponsored the bill, but then voted against it. Weird. Was that Terosian? Yeah, yeah, some guy named Peter Terosian. Uh, so he doesn't deserve much mention except for you know giving him the uh, the turncoat award or the Benedict Arnold treatment or whatever. That's why I never both knew sides are probably saying that about him. Yeah. What's that, Bonnie? That's why I never knew his name. Is whenever people were talking about Peter Trojan was also in this, I was like, mm. he was one of the thirteen. I didn't remember that, but he was uh, the, one of the seven founders of the bill or the sponsors of the bill, but did not vote for it. I think he actually voted against it. It wasn't yeah. that he didn't show up that day; he voted against it. After you spoke for secession at that Resolve Initiative thing mm-hmm. a few like a month ago, he came up later and he was like, "Yeah, I." Get the secession thing, but I don't think it's the right way to do things. Oh, did all, he? all unprompted, you know, like nobody mm-hmm. asked that. It's like he wanted to get out in front of, I'm not the secession guy. Even though the whole room cra- uh, cheered, so he was kind of in a weird place. He's like, I get the, I see what where, you, where everyone's coming from, but I don't think it's the right way to go. It's something really milk toast like that. Yeah. Uh, so we can talk about that, but Dominic's actually on the line to start things out here. He's in Kentucky. Go ahead, Dominic. Hey, um, hey guys, I wanted to give credit to the BBC for actually doing a fair reporting and based reporting uh, about the student loan issue. So The student loan thought, issue is that Biden has announced they're going to be crediting people $10,000 on federally issued student loans. Is, is that my understanding on that correct? 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ten thousand dollars. So I got contacted by a journalist in the BBC. I think on Wednesday night, hmm. asking for my thoughts on the matter. How did they find you? And so what happened was. I left comments about Joe Jorgensen's campaign in 2020, and they they kept me in their their database of U.S. voters. Meaning you left comments on the BBC's website? About Joe Jorgensen's presidential Hmm. campaign. Yeah. So um, he asked me my thoughts, and my situation, you can look at the story. It's on the front page of the BBC website right now. Um, I, I got a second job in, you know, I was about $22,000 in debt, and I got a second job to work hard to pay it off. And um, anyway, I got the BBC to report on on their front page earlier today, and I have a screenshot of it, actually said, it's immoral for taxpayers to be forced to pay, which was part of my quote. Wow. Um, They... They took part of what I said and took it out of context, but I still was able to spread the message of liberty. And they ended the article with what I had to say. It was it was pretty amazing. That's pretty Sweet. impressive. Nice job, dude. <laughs> Way to go. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So um, the only thing they didn't include was that um, I mentioned that the government are the ones who created this student loan bubble in the first place. They didn't cover that, but they they covered my quote, and here's what I said. I said, just like it's immoral for taxpayers to be forced to pay for corporations' bad financial decision-making, it's immoral for taxpayers to be forced to pay for individuals' bad financial planning. They covered my quote, and um, I want to give them credit for uh, for putting the truth out there yeah that's fantastic that's really impressive that they went with a with a whole quote yeah i'm amazed Mm -hmm. oh man thanks for sharing that with us i was just thinking that journalist that might be that might be good to reach out to him about the crypto six case if he was open to what i had to say he might be open to you know about the tragedy that the government gang did to you guys well feel free to follow up with him and point him in our direction i mean you know our contact info so yeah, and, you best, know, it might be a good time is... for that, too, because with the FBI being on the on the hot seat for a lot of people right now, it might be a good Person. idea to point out how many they're definitely being used as a as a political uh, oppression. Uh, Absolutely. They're, they're genuinely a Gestapo. I'm Which is what they've people always been up. there for. They always have been. They always have remember been. back when they wrote uh, a threatening letter to uh, Martin Luther King while he was in jail. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. did it say? I don't have it in front of me, but it basically told him that he should commit suicide from what I understand. Yeah, they, they told Martin Luther King he should commit suicide. Oh, my they God. To John Lennon, too, right, for being a peace activist. Wow. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't know the details on it, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me How at all. do you find that many dirtbags? <laughs> like, wow, how do, how do you interview for the FBI job? Like, how, how Who are the people doing the interviews and what? There's mm. got to be some criteria that they go by. Must you know, uh, personality exams that you take. Like, I didn't know they had those for. I've read a ton of those personality exams that you take before you hire somebody, mm-hmm. and none of them have this person's an absolute psychopath, scumbag. <laughs> you know, at the bottom along the red, well, or you know. I'm sure that they can determine that with the types of tests that you take to get into the military and police, because you take like the ASVAB, which is, uh, it's like all kinds of subjects, but also psychologically 
screens you. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the ASVAB itself, but I know you take the ASVAB to get into the military and you take either that has a psychological part or you take another one that's psychological screening. And they say it's because we don't want to get people who are depressed and going to quit, which makes sense. That makes sense too. But I think it's they just also want people to, who will kill innocents without questioning their orders. Right. Yeah. They want to screen for that. Psychopaths. Dominic, anything else you want to share tonight? That's all. I hope you guys have a great night. Yeah, thanks, you man. Too. Appreciate it. Yeah, I found the story here, the BBC coverage. Student Debt Forgiveness, Relief for Some, Immoral to Others by Sam Cabral, uh, Cabral posted eight hours ago. So, very cool. I do have some questions about it. Um, they're gi- they're giving $10,000 credits to everyone who has like over $10,000. Federal $10, loans, specifically. So, if you got a private loan, you don't get the credit. That's what that's what I heard today. I've seen people say, <laughs> I've seen people say, well, does this mean I don't have to pay back my Pell Grant? That's the military thing, right? No, what no, that's Pell just grant? a grant that you can. I don't think so. I mean, okay. I got a Pell Grant at one point a long time ago. Uh, okay, and so I never went in the military. That's but, like GI Bill is what you're thinking. Yeah, GI Bill. Well, the a grant isn't isn't a loan. It's right, a grant. It's a grant. Yeah. <laughs> that's the funny thing. It just, but that just that's proof of how Jeez. little understanding people have of what they're doing when they're going into college. They don't yeah, realize that. Yeah, they're just giving them money and they don't even know that it's a loan. They don't know the difference between a loan and a grant. Nope. Oh they don't God. teach you that in high school, right? The number here is 603-283-6160. You can join the show whether you want to comment on the federal loans, the FBI, Gestapo. That's what most Americans are apparently saying about it, according to a Rasmussen poll. We can talk about that. Plus, Karen lost at the Ballot Law Commission in a 5-0 total shutout vote by the commission. I'll tell you more about it all coming up on Free Talk Live. Talk live, and you can join us here if you want. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Coming up, a surprising poll showing a majority of Americans consider the FBI to be Biden's Gestapo. With you in the studio tonight, though, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. Of course, you can uh, take control of the airwaves. That's kind of what we do here on Free Talk Live. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. We'll also get into Karen. And the 5-0 to zero decision against Karen yesterday. Karen failed. Yeah, Karen failed big time. And it was really, it was nice to see. It was nice to watch that happen. Bonnie, you and I were there to see it happen live. The video, I'm still working on it. Um, hopefully it'll be out maybe later tonight or, or tomorrow at the latest. Uh, but let's go first to somebody else who was on the scene. Dave Ridley is on the line uh, calling from New Hampshire. Go ahead, Ridley. Yeah, I, I saw something, I know this Karen thing is very important, but uh, I saw something on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago that's pretty time sensitive, and I should bring it up first. Okay. And I thought it would mention But I guess it's a, it's a quote, it's a message that says, quote, um, uh, the greatest place on earth, and. Oh, what's the word? Ah, no, I just say, okay, quote. Contact at made underscore CJ for an opportunity to be paid $20 an hour to help door knock for candidates in pivotal races, unquote. So the Liberty activists, I guess, are hiring. Uh, Americans for and, Prosperity. And you can, okay, somebody's hiring, apparently, and you, you can apparently get paid. If this is correct, you can get paid, paid to, to, uh, to campaign. Yeah, that, that beats that working common. at Dunkin' Donuts for 15 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. Yeah, I think they're doing 15 bucks an hour, right? He it, said 20. Oh, 20. And yeah. you get to go out. 
and look at things, just have to talk to people. A lot of times people will be like, I don't want to talk. And you're like, okay, I'm going to carry on my stroll down the street. Right, you get paid to walk and get day. a little exercise and meet the good people of New Hampshire. It's You've done this, Bonnie. Yeah, you didn't but work not for, for them. Yeah, you didn't work for AFP. You worked for Young Americans for Liberty, who are also here yep. uh, in New Hampshire right now. But they're they pay doing less. door knocking. Yeah, they're only doing what, like 15? <laughs> yeah. But they pay less. So, yeah, yeah I mean, why not go with, uh, with AFP if no, you make 20 bucks an hour? That's and I think sweet. Americans for Prosperity is more principled, right? I don't They're know. They're more libertarian, I think. I, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I think Young Americans for Liberty tends to be a little more Republican. It's like mm. conservatarian. Yeah. It's like they do that thing where it's better for this person to win than the other person. Let's, I think AFP you know, is also kind of conservative-leaning. I don't know. One guy the in there loves, uh, you know, works towards getting, like, psychedelics legalized. That's, you know, not too conservative. Okay. All right. That's good. Good and that's know. the guy who's tagged CJ made made Christopher Maidment. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Chris Maidment, of course. Yeah. yeah, they're also doing a cool cool stuff. The uh, AFP Americans for Prosperity. They've got this campaign called the True Cost of Washington, where they go and they partner up with a gas station, and they subsidize using donations, I guess, from their supporters. They subsidize the price of a gallon of gas at the gas station, and they'll drop the price to like $2.38 a gallon, which apparently was the amount that it was when Biden took office. Hmm. And they'll do it for, you know, four hours or some limited amount of time and literally have a line of for a cars mile. Yeah, around a block or whatever. Uh, people, you know, when they, well, the word gets out, it gets out fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like word spreads like, oh, my God, you can get a, you can, you can fill up your tank for two dollars and thirty eight cents. People go crazy. And uh, the whole and point is to bring attention to um, you know, the, the crazy rise in prices due to politics. OK, I was going to say it's just since Biden took, took office. office. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty cool, Ridley. Thanks for the heads up. So th- that could be something for people who are looking to make a few extra bucks, maybe looking for a way to uh, finance a move to New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah that, good idea. That's kind of what I did Young Americans for Liberty for. Like, I wanted an excuse to be able to come up here and see what it was like. I didn't, like, really want to work for Young Americans for Liberty. But I also thought I was going to be working for more libertarians when I yeah. got here. I was working for so many Republicans. It was yeah, heartbreaking. It sounds like it's, it was tough. Well, in New Hampshire, we got a lot of liberty people running as Republicans. So. Yeah, oh, no, no. They, they're they all Republicans. But it's just some of them are like, you can tell that they're libertarian. Like, I knocked for Matt Santanastasso, but I also knocked for this lady in Maine that is pro, uh, you know, no abortions even for rape. Yeah, there's a huge range of Republican, quote unquote, viewpoints in new hampshire and uh, a great example of this right now is has to be the race between lily tang williams who is a libertarian migrant from china a victim of communism yeah yeah, the real deal and she's like got a national profile she's been on tucker tucker carlson she's Mm -hmm. been interviewed all over the place she's fantastic media she's She's a great uh great speaker and she's got a very interesting story, personal story. We put a sign up for her today. We did. And she is uh, she's great. And she's a Free State Project mover. She's up against the mayor of Keene, New Hampshire, who's a total like... Flip-flopper. Po- well, flip-flopper is a good way to put it. But he's a total <laughs> politician. And I got to show this to you, Matt. There's a uh, you should g- get up and grab the flyer for this guy. It's it's right there on the stairs on on your stack of mail. He sent you mail today. This guy 
who is you, you get you, you talk, called him a flip flopper, Bonnie? Oh, is this the Hansel guy? This is this is the mayor of Keene, which is where we do this show. It's the city in the southwest corner of New Hampshire. But he wants to be a U.S. representative, and he is running against Lily Lily Tang Williams, who's an actual libertarian running as a Republican. This guy is pit, pitching himself as a law and order conservative. It's the most generic sounding political pitch flyer his girlfriend is literally like a head of some democratic organization here she's a democrat yes. and he showed up at the black lives matter uh thing here a couple of years yeah, ago so he's, he's uh he's playing all sides yeah. he's trying to say he's conservative protecting us. george hansel fought to stop keen from becoming sanctuary city <laughs> hansel beefed up the police budget as mayor and he stood by our cops to make to keep drugs off our streets god it's just it's despicable. It says he fought against the Mexican cartels, like turning oh, sure he did. N- right. a New <laughs> Hampshire city. New Hampshire. Yeah, was going to keep cartel out. Oh my god! The gosh, only crazy. Mexicans in Keene is like a handful of them that yeah, they'll, work, they'll at work at the at me at go, and they're awesome. Restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, w- I would love to have more of them in New, sure. in New Hampshire. It's just funny but... that he made it seem like he's like fighting off the cartels. He's out there <laughs> getting. Load. You know, hitting him off with a stick, and there's so many cartel and members. He, and trying he, to get he you. looks like kind of he looks like a chode. He, yeah, he's so milk toast. I, I I think Lily's got a real chance. There's also a third guy in the race who's seems also awful. pretty typical Republican. Uh, so and if he's she not trying them, that hard. It's like Lily's trying way harder than him. So I hope that she can win. Interestingly, it's a close race as well, where uh, recent polls have shown them floating around ten percent each. And Lily's behind. She's like nine percent, and the others are ten and twelve percent. But that's still pretty close. And the the super majority of people are completely undecided on that race. So it's gonna be an interesting uh, shakeout on that. So Ridley, you were there yesterday uh, with Bonnie and I, and maybe a couple dozen other activists. We packed the room at this ballot law commission meeting where Karen, a uh, woman actually named Karen, Karen. Sue oh, I thought that was a joke. No, dude. It was Karen. Karen. Steel. Karen Sue Steele was her name, <laughs> and is her name, and she brought a petition to take the thirteen of the, uh, the what we call the independent thirteen, or what I've been calling the independent thirteen, the people who voted to allow the people of New Hampshire to vote on the question of pe- declaring peaceful independence. That's all they did. They they said let's put this question on the ballot. Uh, they unfortunately were up against three hundred and thirty others who said no, we don't think the people should be able to vote on this. And this lady said, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. We have to stop these people from ever becoming a state rep again. And she went to the ballot law commission to try to prevent them from getting on the ballot ever again. And she went down in flames. Ridley, do you have time to comment uh, from your perspective on this? Yeah. Stand by. We'll bring uh, Dave Ridley back because he was there with his camera in hand. There's more coming up. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. is free talk live you can join us here bring up whatever you want the number is 603-283-6160 we're just about to talk about karen 
and her major failure yesterday. Thank goodness. And that is what people were predicting, to be fair. The state reps, uh, the 13 state reps that uh, she was trying to take out of their seats, who most of whom refused to attend said hearing yesterday. Uh, although our very own Matt Santanastasso, the uh, the rep from this area, who was one of the co-sponsors of the bill to allow the people of New Hampshire to vote on whether or not they thought that uh, New Hampshire should be an independent nation and declare peaceable independence from the United States. Those reps, those 13 reps, she was trying to take them out of their seats and prevent them from ever running again. She went up in front of the uh, what they call the Ballot Law Commission yesterday And the room was packed with people that supported independence. She had one woman with her who was like her bodyguard almost. Oh, God. I got up and... uh, Her name's Kathy. Her name is Kathy with a K. So you literally had Karen. Chatty Kathy and Karen. And Kathy. And uh, they're both leftist activists in New Hampshire. Uh, After Karen was done and she got rejected by the ballot law commission in a five to zero vote where the commission basically said, this is not our jurisdiction. We don't handle constitutional questions because she was basically she was saying that it's a violation of the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment uh, to do this, to to put forward such a ballot measure for uh, for people to uh, to vote on. And, and they said, we don't have jurisdiction to interpret the Constitution. And the guy said one of the guys on the board said the slope will get real slippery real fast if we start doing this. Like, imagine what, like people that come after them saying, like, you can't uh, talk, bring up any bills about this and that and mm-hmm. thing that Karen likes and thing that Karen hates, you know, in the future because they think that they can determine what pe- bills people can bring up due to the, you know, 13th Amendment. Or yeah, whatever. they shouldn't be doing anything 14th. with this. And so they made the right choice, even though they personally may be against secession. One of them made that comment. Basically, the the chairman he said it of the was commission. Abhorrent. Yeah, the chairman of the commission, no fan of secession, but to his credit, he put his personal opinion aside and said, "Vote against. My business. Go home, lady. You yeah. know, you know, you don't need to be here. This is not the right venue for this." It was basically a Karen escalation to the management fail. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, Ridley, you were there observing all of this, and uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on what happened yesterday. Well, you see, he had all these claims that you know. She thought our people were being unconstitutional. I can't think of when I was in a Uh oh. You're in a bad it, cell or you got bad uh, connection. I don't know if you're indoors or if you could step outside. That might help. Okay. Yeah, I'm moving. Uh, all right. So, that helped. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, she had all these claims that, you know, we, we weren't constitutional. But I keep, I keep wanting to say if, if the federal government doesn't follow its constitution, why do we have to follow it? To leave, right? Why do we have to follow it in a way to let us leave? They're not following theirs. Well, as was pointed out, there are no provisions in the Constitution to leave. And that means that it's up to the states to decide when and how they want to leave. Because the Constitution's 10th Amendment, the U.S. Constitution's 10th Amendment says anything that's not specifically mentioned in the Constitution is the state's rights. Yeah, it's the states that handle that. You know, I could mention I could mention something in the Constitution that 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 undermines each of her constitutional arguments if I mm-hmm. wanted to. <clears throat> but again, it even if she were making a great constitutional argument against this, this fact remains that the federal government's not following its constitution. Why do we have to? 
That's a great point. Yeah, that's that is good. Uh, the other thing I thought that was an interesting takeaway from this was, even though it wasn't their jurisdiction, they still did ask the attorney general. Uh, they have like on this commission, they have somebody from the attorney general's office, so one of the assistant attorney generals sitting on the commission and As so counsel yeah they basically they go to him and they say well what do you think about this and so that's what they did in this case they wanted to get his uh you know input and he said he did some research he looked at the case law or whatever and he said it's pretty clear that insurrection and rebellion which are what are cited in the 14th amendment as things that would disqualify you from running for office in the united states that insurrection and rebellion involve the use of violence and it's pretty clear that a ballot measure is the, not an act is, of violence. It's not overt violence in and any way, he, shape, or form. He pointed out the ba- the ballot measure used the word peaceably in it. Oh, did the AG mention that too? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, and again, all this will be on video once we get the full footage out, and that'll be within the next couple of days. But that was good because she was actually trying to make the argument, well, insurrection doesn't have to mean violence. And then further, she made the argument that... Even speaking words against the government is giving, quote-unquote, aid or comfort to the enemies of the United States. So that was one of her most out-there kind of arguments. And one of the state reps kind of batted that back at her at one point, basically saying, uh, "Are you who's the enemy here? Not the state reps, the board. Or, well, I think I think some of them are state reps on oh. that on that commission. It's like, well, who's the enemy? Who are you talking about? I mean, it's pretty clear who she thinks the enemy is. Mm-hmm. It's anyone who supports. Well, secession. tell them who she said was the enemy. I don't remember. She and- said ShireSociety.com <laughs> and NHExit.us. She went through a laundry list of our websites. Did she? Yes. Shire Society. But yeah. she did say she couldn't give you any names of the people that operate them, so she's a horrible researcher. She is uh, just just FYI. She's clearly just an operative of mm. uh, of put it this way. There's what six thousand free staters in the state now, yeah. or something like that. And Several thousand, sure. Yeah, just a just a few thousand, and they've been so effective at what they're doing that they have got this behemoth Democrat mm-hmm. party that is heavily funded completely on the ropes. They are nervous. They are losing. They're, they're desperate. They're, they're active. Desperate, big and they are activating now. And they're starting to pour money into their activation oh, yeah. now. But they still look and sound super desperate. And they are over playing their hand. I and so. I said I don't remember what it was she said, but there was something in an article that came out later where somebody, some reporter that was there, interviewed her, and there was something that she said where she used the word "we" or "we think" or something like that, mm. made it obvious that she was an operative. And I said that to you, and I was like, she's obviously working for someone who wanted to use someone else as the face of this. Mm. Which you is know, weird. I think now would be a great time for free staters, for especially new movers. It's a great thing that new movers could do because they they don't have facial recognition on them and, you know, dossiers on them, is come to New Hampshire, get into the local Democrat party. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now is the time because they're, all the, the they're going to see is a bunch of new faces and they're going to say, wow, look at this influx of support. Our outreach worked. <laughs> Our outreach worked. Because <laughs> normally, yeah. in order to get even to walk into a, a Democrat meeting in New Hampshire, oh, you up. are going to get 
your picture taken yeah. probably and they're going to want to know gonna who in, you are. They're going to look into you. They, yeah. They're very paranoid. Yeah, so it would, be, it would be best if, if you're going to do this, if you're going to run with Matt's idea, which I've always thought is a good idea, uh, is that you have a clear Google search, yes. internet search history. Don't exist. Or Don't, just change your name. That's an option, yeah. Maybe um, somebody can come here, change their name. Be a Democrat. And don't and- change it to Freeman anything <laughs> or nobody. What's a good Democrat last name? Uh, I don't David know. David Muse. Cucksworth. <laughs> Karen. 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 <laughs> all right, Ridley. What else, man? Anything, uh, any other comments? Oh, just go to RidleyReport.com and you can see all my ambush interviews of the pro-DC people. Oh, yeah. Right he, he did a good ambush interview kind of of Karen where he said, why are you allying yourself with the federal government that runs torture camps? And she just goes, Ugh. And rolls her eyes. <laughs> and the, the, the true answer to that is she has no idea. She's just a Karen. She is <laughs> insipid and running on an operating system that is skin mm. deep at best. Thanks, Ridley, for the call tonight. That's RidleyReport.com. I'll have to check those out later because I didn't know they were already Ridley available. Ridley Report's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know they were already out. Nice job, Ridley. Appreciate the call tonight. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. And I had to thank Karen. When she came out the door, we waited for her, by the way. <laughs> of course. <laughs> for like more than an hour, I think we waited out there because she wanted, she waited to the end of the meeting. She knew we were waiting. And she, she had she cards with as, her. Yeah, as far back as she could. I walked past her and said, sorry, Karen. And I just said, I had to thank, I had to thank you, Karen, for all this wonderful publicity That's that you've awesome. given us. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. And take control of the airwaves. At 603-283-6160, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. It's a great source for learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Get started by clicking Get Started at the top of the page. It's that simple. They'll give you some introductory videos. If you are a real-time crunch, just watch the first one and spend a whole three minutes learning some of the basics about crypto. You can dig in deeper, of course, if you want to, and they've got the resources there. Uh, And I recommend you do that before you decide to get into doing something like, oh, I don't know, purchasing some crypto. Remember, you don't need to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin or a fraction of a Bitcoin cash, whatever it is that uh, that you can afford. But you got to get some of the basic concepts down. These There are some new ideas here, and there's some good ideas. Uh, I recommend you take a look over at Bitcoin.com and click Get Started right there at the top of the You page. know what I've been doing? When hmm. people on Twitter, like silly trolls, uh, come to me, anytime I bring up like the Crypto 6 and say, blah, 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 crypto is money and blah, blah just stupid things like that. Anything, some anytime somebody comes to me and says some ignorant thing about crypto, instead of arguing with them about what it is, mm-hmm. I've been just posting the get started. That's just all I reply. So they can just learn. Just saying, you to. need to learn what crypto is. Get started at the top of this page. Bitcoin.com. We go to Tony. He's in Los Angeles, listening to us or watching on our Odyssey channel, which is video.freetalklive.com. Welcome, Tony. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well. I was going to mention, you know, about the, the left-right paradigm, but also my second point I wanted to talk about was crypto or blockchain in general. Sure. And, you know, my opinion is not very popular, but uh, basically I'm not I, – I, I started early on, uh, probably earlier than most uh, in crypto. I bought my first Bitcoin at $13 wow. on Mt. Gox. Nice. Yeah. On Mt. Gox. I hope you didn't keep it there. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I've been, I've been in the crypto space for 
a really long time. And mm-hmm. at that time, it was all about, you know, using Bitcoin to get out from uh, middlemen banks, right? And yeah. over time, the space has become totally co-opted with, I want to get a Lambo, you know, um, these altcoins and coming in and doing these sort of like new world order projects where it's tracking and surveillance and identity uh, monitoring, all this kind of stuff. No one is talking at all. Um, you go in some of these chat rooms and Telegram, no one is talking about using using crypto really as money. You, you have a really tiny percentage of people talking about using, you know, uh, maybe Monero, these types of coins, but it's so fringe that at the end of the day, it's, it's not really going to affect very much change and so mm. i've completely kind of changed my opinion really? on the crypto space yeah yeah my, my feeling is that if you trace this back to mit there's actually are this is nothing you know that, that can't be researched by anyone if you go to mit labs and you look at the fact that jeffrey epstein was donating or giving money to uh mit labs and also inviting uh, Brock Pierce down to his island when he was having his mind shift. Brock Pierce, by the way, is one of the founders of Tether, which is the world's most popular so-called stablecoin. Uh, and stablecoins, for listeners that don't know, is uh, they're crypto tokens that are supposedly backed by a thing. In this case, the USDT is uh, Tether, and it supposedly is backed by the U.S. dollar, although there's many people that question uh, the veracity of uh, that claim, and there hasn't been much evidence, from what I understand, uh, posted by Tether to prove those claims. Brock actually uh, used to be an actor, like a child actor in the Mighty Ducks. He's kind of known for that. Oh, then and, we should definitely trust him when it comes to cryptocurrency and, things. Uh, Hollywood. And, and we've had him on the show in the past, and he was one of the slipperiest people we've ever talked to. He was running for president <laughs> at the time. Mark wanted us to talk to him. Normally, we don't talk to politicians here, but since he was a crypto guy and we'd had him on previously just from like one of the crypto conventions, and he just... he he wouldn't answer a straight question about whether or not, you know, he supported uh, Ross Ulbricht being out of, out of prison. He wouldn't give us a That's straight an answer. That's easy one. Yeah. Yeah. And I hammered, I hammered him on it. And uh, anyway, go, go ahead. What else did you want to say about it? Yeah. So, I mean, I would direct people. It's, um, there's an article by the Hollywood reporter where you can uh, read up a little bit more about his, his origins as a, as a child actor and actually his affiliation with a couple of really shady uh, characters, uh, one of them was named Mark Rector, and they were essentially uh, hosting these parties where they would invite young underage uh, teenage boys and also directors, uh, the likes of Brian Singer. And uh, I think you guys might be familiar with some of the trouble that Brian Singer has gotten into. He's made settlements out of court for supposedly abusing or assaulting. Uh, underage boys. So, you know, Brock has been around this. Hollywood in general, we know, is steeped in this kind of stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a secret, right? Um, so, Brock, you, you could say, was part of this network. You know, dare we say, like the, the pedophile type network. So, is it too far of a stretch to put two and two together to say that, well, Epstein reached out to someone in the network and said, okay, you are being tapped as the face man to branch out and build out 
the blockchain ecosystem. Uh, uh, Brock started. Uh, you mean, wait, so can I stop you there? Are you saying you mean instead of just having Bitcoin, you're going to be the face of altcoins? Is that what you mean by branching out? Well, yeah, building out the ecosystem in general, right? So using funds. Now, this guy is a billionaire, right? Same way Epstein is a billionaire, even though no one knows how Epstein made his money, right? He had one client and even guys on Wall Street were like, who is this guy? Where does money come from? Right. So uh, it's pretty it's pretty well known that, you know, Epstein is kind of he was a creation. Somebody made him. Right. And he invited people to the island to blackmail them to then later control them. Mm-hmm. So He's who a has spy. That kind of resources, right. Probably a, a state actor. An intelligence maybe. agency. Sure. Correct. Intelligence agency is right. Mm-hmm. So is it is it a stretch to then expand that and say, well, you know, Brock was probably brought in. You know, there's a lot to say. He started blockchain capital with a couple of other partners. Right. And so they're seeding all of these startups who then build up the infrastructure of something that the developers initially believe this is going to be beneficial for humanity, the same way the internet started. The internet started was completely, it's full of promises. It's going to be a level playing field, right? You're going to be able to start your own website, the free flow of information, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward today, it's completely the opposite of that, right? Uh, A concentration of companies control the majority of the traffic on the internet, uh, something like 95% of websites aren't even indexed by Google. When you do certain searches, they're only returning the results that they want you to see. Certainly, there are no conspiracy, a lot of conspiracy topics. You have to go 10 pages deep to even find them, right? Same Tony, I, I get where you're coming from here. I mean, it, it what you're saying makes sense as far as, yeah, we've definitely seen that shift with the Internet. It is not the freewheeling place. It does not feel like that, like it once was. It was at one time, uh, and now it is definitely more centralized, I think, than it's ever been. Most people spend their time exclusively on uh, centrally controlled social media sites, and they don't go anywhere else. Uh, They certainly don't go to the places you're talking about. We had Olivia call in a couple weeks ago pointing out that Google uh, results are restricted to no more than like 20 to 40 pages now. You can't, even though there's a billion results. And they just repeat. The results just repeat page after page. I've noticed the same thing i wasn't on that show but i listened to olivia's call and mm-hmm. it's just so annoying it's like anytime i'm like oh this surely exists out there in the world in the market the whole entire world that i can access via the internet i'm gonna try to buy a thing like this or i need something like this i look it up and it's just like you only get the things that are advertised advertised mm-hmm. you can't get past advertisements anymore you keep seeing this it's like he said repeating things like it won't say it's an advertisement but you see the same website and you just would have to go through a hundred pages to stop seeing the same four websites. Right. It's really annoying. And then recently, of course, there was the tornado cash uh, situation where the U.S. federal government gang announced that a that essentially code, computer code, is now sanctioned, which means that anybody that interacts with the tornado cash smart contract on the Ethereum blockchain is now committing a felony act in the United States. And then what we saw happen after that was that there's all these quote-unquote decentralized finance 
organizations that fell right in line and started banning all of the addresses on the Ethereum blockchain that had interacted with the Tornado Cash block uh, with the Tornado Cash contract. So then we got to see who was the real decentralized finance, which is to say people that didn't do anything about it, and then who did. And like a lot of these DeFi companies or decentralized autonomous organizations revealed that they are actually quite centralized. In fact, but there's there's more to say about it. And Tony, if you want to stick around, uh, you're welcome to. We'll continue the discussion coming up here in moments because I think despite all that, I'm not giving up on crypto. No way. Uh, there's it's more just a up. tool. You can use it for bad. Right. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's next. We think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. Coming up, the magazine ban that apparently the Supreme Court overturned. And California is ignoring the Supreme Court ruling. Matt's got that story. That'll be a little bit later. Uh, With you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. Open phones, as always, though, of course, you can take control of the airwaves at 603-283-6160. We're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. We've been talking with Tony in Los Angeles, and Tony says that, just kind of recap for those of you just tuning in, Tony is uh, an early crypto buyer. He said he bought his first Bitcoin at $13 way back in the day, and that is a long time ago. And he's been pretty disappointed with the way things have been going. A lot of the people who got into cryptocurrency early were the ideologues. They were the libertarians, mostly, who saw the vision for cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, because early on it was just Bitcoin. There was there was no concept of other cryptocurrencies. That, that came a few years later. Uh, but the idea was that this was going to be an alternative to the government money systems, to the big bankers to cut out the middleman, to allow the individual to have the power of money in the individual's hands. And that, unfortunately, has shifted. And I think Tony's right about a lot of his analysis. Like, it's definitely true that as cryptocurrency has become more mainstream, well, it has gone in a more mainstream direction. And that is to say that the supermajority of people that seem to be getting involved these days aren't getting involved because they have some sort of ideology surrounding good forms of uh, of money or value transfer, that they just want to get a thing and see that number go up so they can cash out at yeah, a high speculators. point. Yeah, and, and make some money on this thing. Well, he, he said a lot of stuff in the last segment. Can I just say what I think about what he was saying? Yeah, sure. 
Well, he's, by the way, he's still with us here, Tony. Welcome back. Well, so just based on what he said in the last one, I just have a couple of things to say. I just want to say just because that, you know, that guy who created Tether mm-hmm. could arguably be a really bad person. He's I just think certainly a really bad person. Yeah. I just think that it's important to remember that big, I mean, cryptocurrency is a tool that came out for humanity. There are all kinds of people. And this is what I thought Tony was going to be saying that say, oh, Bitcoin must have been created by the CIA. And I'm not saying Tony said that, but when people say that, I just, and they say like, oh, look, um, the NSA came out with a white paper about something that seems like crypto before crypto came out. It seems to me that hackers were talking about it online. The technology was bound to come out. So they had, you know, a plan. They, as in the government, had a plan to ignore it for as long as possible, not let it go mainstream as for as long as possible. And then when it had, they had to, they came out with things like Tether. They came out with all the bots online that say stupid things. But I don't think that it's just created by the government because why would the government be like, you know what we should do? We should come out with a technology that could possibly lead to Monero being created. And also just... Or the end of the U.S. dollar. Yeah, the end of the U.S. dollar. The end of government money, period. And the other thing I'd like to say is just that crypto... But Tony didn't say that. No, yeah, I'm not saying that. But the other thing I'd like to say to what Tony did say is just that cryptocurrency is a tool... And a tool can be used for good or bad. I sure. mean, people, lots of things are just cr- uh, copies of Bitcoin's code with tweaks. And uh, it just, I don't know, just because, you know, Bitcoin is public, people are like, oh, it's bad because it's public. I, I mean, you can you can use that code to create a, a different one that's not public. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tool that can be used for good or bad. Lots of people who get into conspiracy theories, not saying that what he's saying is a conspiracy theory, but people who get into conspiracy theories often have the issue with going into like the fallacy of oh this researcher i agree with a lot of things he said but he said this one thing i don't agree with so he must be a fed he must be working against mm. us you know what i mean and i don't know i see kind of a lot of that within cryptocurrencies like they okay, do this one thing i don't like i don't think tony said anything well he's about kind that. of saying something like that he's saying like oh this guy is involved with tether so therefore like a bunch of he he used mm-hmm. the term s coins didn't he or crap no, coins i don't think he did tony he's, are you still is, with us he doesn't I'm like still our, here guys yeah yeah so i i gotta say to what you had said before about you know yeah i think there's probably some bad actors out there there's no doubt about it there's probably some untrustworthy uh coins and companies and and all of that is 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 definitely true and and it's absolutely true that uh people have uh some some have been co-opted like we've we've talked many times about how bitcoin seems like it was taken over by people that are working for the big banks uh of the world there's evidence that uh, the blockstream company that hired a lot of the bitcoin programmers several years ago was being funded by huge banking institutions like uh, mastercard and axa which is a, like a global uh, european international kind of bank so there's definitely a lot of evidence for those things and uh, but that said it's still an open marketplace and there still are really amazing innovations that are coming from that place and i don't think i mean are you giving up completely on it or are you just really cynical no i i, I think that so there's, there's some important distinctions to make here, right? I mean, we're covering a lot of topics. You know, you know, number one, I think we have to establish just because the tech is neutral, right? It's a matter of who wields the tech, who controls the tech, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think it matters whether or not it initially started off as an NSA operation or whether they co-opted it early on. But the end result is that it is not 
what it originally started out to be. It's nowhere close to that. Well, I think, what do you mean? It? Are you talking about all cryptocurrencies? Well, well uh, I'm talking about Bitcoin. I'm talking about decentralized money. The original use case of cryptocurrency. Okay. Um, it's Wouldn't you say Monero that, is like Monero, the kind of the world's premier privacy coin? There are obviously other privacy coins that are competing hush. for it. Uh, I mean, hush barely anywhere compared to some of the others. But, uh, but but you know, wouldn't you say Monero has achieved that goal? It has given its users ostensibly privacy, and uh, presumably people are using that to buy and sell things. We just don't know because we can't see what's going on with it. Yeah. So so it's so fringe. And it's used by such a small amount of people like the ideologues that, that you talk about. It's mm-hmm. only going to be those who are really obsessed with privacy. The average person doesn't care about their privacy. All well, give give that some time, them. Tony. <laughs> when people well, start to feel crushed under the weight of the police state, I think they're going to start cherishing uh, a lot of their liberties even more, especially their privacy. Well, I mean, listen, uh, how many people have already you know, decided to roll over, take the jab, you know, they're on these smart devices, they're already tracking everything they do. So people in my mind have pretty much kind of given up. Um, And the more that you suppress them economically, uh, they're just not going to be able to kind of fight back without the resources and without the consciousness to understand these these concepts. Well, the people like that, they never really had a chance. Like crypto is kind of a another level like if they they're going and taking the jobs and you know not caring about their privacy on their phones things like that that i think the problem that you're having is you live in la and you just absolutely can't save everybody what you see every day has to be like the most normie normie is not i don't really like that word anymore you know like saying npcs and stuff like that because something captain said the other day made me rethink it but the people you see throughout the day have to be the most what people call normies and I don't think that we can save everyone. It's not your responsibility nope. no. to save everyone. And, and that's okay. And that's okay. There, I think yeah. there's one place I strongly agree with the New World Order, and is that there are too many people that are <laughs> useless <laughs> eaters on this globe. And the the you know there who was it that said uh, the last two pandas refused to you know really then I don't know somebody it's a quote for, I think from a movie or something oh. about the last two pandas that refused to get it on to save their entire species and let it let it go <laughs> well, I, I just want to say this tony and I, I thank you for the call and thank you for bringing this up here tonight uh but I, I will say this that yeah okay the the bulk it seems like of the people who are into crypto are big money let's you know let's make some money number go up kind of people these days the clowns and, and that's to be expected you can't have something go mainstream without having it, you know, quote unquote, jump the shark, right? Like this is the old problem that people had where they'd find some musical genre that was really unique or whatever, and then it gets <laughs> big and then it gets bad, right? Like it yeah. goes to the point where they don't like it anymore and they get all bummed out and, and jaded. They and, sell out or whatever. Well, right. So that's sort of the process, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people that are staying true to the original vision. And if you look carefully, and again, thank you, Tony, for the call. If you look carefully, you'll find those people. They're still there within the crypto community. They're Ideologues still, are good. They're still building. They're still creating, and they're still getting out there, and they're putting forward that vision. Bitcoin Cash, Dash, Monero, these are three of the best cryptos for spending, and those people are still building. There's more coming up. Yeah! 
This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, we've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. We were talking about Karen losing big time here in New Hampshire. She tried to take down some of the state reps, 13 of them who had voted to allow the people of New Hampshire to weigh in on the question of independence, of peaceful independence from the United States. Uh, She went after them, and she lost yesterday. We were telling that story, and then we got on to Tony's call about a cryptocurrency and just the disappointing direction, at least according to Tony, that things have gone in. And to me, it's just sort of one of those things, you just got to take it in stride and not let it get to you. It's the inevitability of something becoming mainstream, is that the mainstream people come into it and they kind of ruin things to some extent. But but the good news is, in crypto, it's an open marketplace. As much as the government hates that fact, anyone can still, today, start a, a cryptocurrency wallet. There are dozens i don't even know i i I can't legally use crypto under my bail conditions for the the crypto duo uh but uh but i'm sure that there are more wallets now than there were when i lost my ability to do crypto probably because they're constantly being uh developed and and new ones are coming out so you you pick whichever wallet you want pick more than one experiment with them if you want to most of them are wallets that don't even ask you who you are there's there's they're permissionless as it were unlike a bank account where you have to sit down in front of somebody at a bank and hand over your id and fill out reams of paperwork and then they got to check over all your transactions and report to the government crypto wallets the good ones they don't even ask you a thing and if you, you use a the wallet. crypto wallet that doesn't ask you a thing and bit refill and only use it on the website with only a, a email you can do it you know basically anonymously and It'll what is still bit be- refill Oh, BitRefill is a website that lets you get gift cards for cryptocurrency to a whole bunch of different, I don't even know how many stores, but a lot of different stores and apparently credit cards. I've never had a credit card, so I haven't looked into that. Like a prepaid kind of card? It says pay your credit card bills with BitRefill at the top of the page. Interesting. So yeah, these are tools that people can use with, in many cases, zero permission. And that, of course, is one of the brilliant aspects of cryptocurrency yeah crypto's not going anywhere um that you know yes they're going to try to attack it yes there they will are. be vapid morons who just want to turn a turn a buck and it's always about making numbers go up but we know better and we know more importantly it's about people's privacy and their ability to transact without having to send a 1099 to the kid that rakes their leaves uh by the way coming up in october our mark edge is going to be speaking at the Free Cities Foundation conference. It's their second annual conference. It's called Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's happening in Prague, October 21st through the 23rd. They're going to showcase autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up around the world and offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. The theme this year is Parallel Structures for Progress. You can save 20%. By using our discount code, when you check out through Eventbrite, you just go to their website, LifetimeLiberty.com. Remember code FTL20 to save 20%. And if you are into cryptocurrency, they will take Bitcoin. Uh, But you do have to directly reach out to the conference 
to set that up. I guess they don't have a, a system for that. So you can reach out to them directly via their Twitter handle, at Liberty IOL. I presume there's a way to do it through their website, but they didn't uh, mention that here. So if you got Twitter, at Liberty IOL, you can follow the conference there. Again, it's October 21st through the 23rd, code FTL20 at LifetimeLiberty.com. Look for Mark Edge to be speaking there. So we're talking about uh, the cryptocurrency world and how i'm still excited by it and and i'm relatively on the outside of it i don't get to go and spend it at local businesses like i i used to be able to do uh because again i'm on these ridiculous bail restrictions in the what was called the crypto six case i think there was talk today that maybe it should be called the crypto duo case since we're down from six to to just to differentiate it from the people who are out and people who are um still going to trial just because like i mean the one lady who got her charges dropped she doesn't want to be involved at all mm-hmm. like her name coming up all the time and sure. all and the other people you know they they pleaded guilty and it's just not quite the same thing anymore i think that the focus now needs to be on the people who are going to trial we need to rally people to know about what's going on with these two people they're going to trial so i think it that's why we just came up with the name the crypto duo yeah so i mean i'm under pretty severe restrictions but the supermajority of the world is not under those restrictions and you guys can go and out. you should not be under so there should I be nothing no. this crazy. is a the, the thing against you is a political attack it's an, you, in a yeah. due process violation in a due process violation left and right i mean you are you are a person who is hit by so by a group of people who are now being referred to mainstream as biden's gestapo yeah so if those are the people that are coming after you then chances are you shouldn't have been gone after in the first place and that's what we've always known well our friend renee who was one of the the crypto also six, should have nothing at all to do with those nasty people she had her sentencing today uh, mm-hmm. because she did take a guilty plea as most people do understandably i don't blame anybody for taking a plea i don't think people should generally but i don't blame anyone personally for doing it i understand the desire to get out from underneath or the feeling that you're getting out from underneath the pressure because it's a lot of pressure to know that these people are going to try to put you away for the rest of your life in theory and that they're going to bring more charges against you if you don't take the first plea deal that they uh, that they offer you so it's a scary thing i don't blame anybody for doing it uh, she did take a guilty plea to one count of quote-unquote wire fraud. And in court today, during the sentencing hearing, the prosecutors admitted to the judge that there were zero damages in this case. The victims, quote-unquote, the banks lost zero. Correct. Yeah. And the judge kept rephrasing that. Oh, so, okay, so there was very little loss. Zero. Yeah, zero. Zero. Zero yeah. loss. So that so so that just goes to show that the judge is even kind of in on it. Oh yeah, the judge has has started showing his true colors as anti Ian. I'm sure he called Ian the head defendant in this case today. Well, that's a true statement. Uh, it's the case is state of uh, United States versus Ian Freeman et al. And this is a good example. Uh, you know, I've talked to Renee and Andy recently, and this is a good example and another reason to reiterate the number one rule. When talking to police, is don't don't. It doesn't matter what there's. Doesn't matter if they ask you what color the sky is. You don't respond. I'm not discussing anything with you. Is the final word in that conversation. So for a a quote unquote crime, where the victims, which again were all banks, had zero losses, and that's not because. She tried to bilk the banks out of money yeah. and failed because that's a crime. Mm-hmm. Like if you try to defraud somebody, 
whether they be a person or a company or whatever. If you try to defraud somebody and they figure it out and they don't fall for whatever the you know whatever the trick was going to be, that's still a crime. You sure. still tried to defraud that person. But the but prosecutors didn't even allege she did that. No, that's not what's being alleged in this case at all. They're just saying, oh, you said something that wasn't entirely true. Maybe that's what you've admitted to, basically, to the to the banks. And so, therefore, you're going to be a felon for the rest of your life. You're going to be sentenced to three years probation. So if she, of course, slips up, as a lot of people do when they're on probation, like it feels good to not have to go to prison. But you now have three years probation hanging over your head where if you just make one mistake, you could go to prison for longer. They could put you right right into a uh, prison cell for what they call violation of probation. That happens at the federal and the state level to people all the time. What other companies have that kind of protection? is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. All you got to do is dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live is uh, here to take your calls about anything you want to talk about. We'll get back into Karen, because I think there's a little bit more to say about that situation yesterday, but we got sidetracked by a call from Tony, who was calling in to bemoan the state of the uh, the the state of the world in cryptocurrency and the direction things have gone as crypto has become more mainstream. By the way, if you want to help fund a documentary about the Crypto Six, the producers from Mexico have put up a fundraiser. I think they're looking for sixty thousand euro to finish this thing up they've done a lot of shooting so far i think they want to do some more uh shooting and you know interviews and such and they've cut together a sizzle reel that you can see if you go to movie.freetalklive.com it'll take you to their fund- fundraiser page and thanks to uh, everybody that has contributed so far uh, that's movie.freetalklive.com if you want to make the crypto six into its own documentary so we were talking about the kind of the status of the the world of cryptocurrency, the frustrations that some of the originals have felt maybe over the years watching as the the I guess the group of people that's interested in crypto it's expanded and that's what we wanted, right? You can't just have this thing stay small. It needs to get bigger. More people need to see the value in cryptocurrency. They need to get into it. Uh, but unfortunately, some people have only gotten into it because they see it as an investment. They don't understand that it's something that can change the face of finance, that it can potentially eliminate the need for central bank. Not that there's a need for that, but eliminate the belief in central banks, the uh, the desire that people have for central bank money because something better exists. Now, whether that thing is Bitcoin or one of its competitors, or whether it hasn't even been it you know hasn't even been created, there's there could still be something. You know, we know there are thousands of cryptocurrencies on the planet right now. Maybe one of them is going to rise up to take down Bitcoin from the number one position. Maybe that'll happen in two years. Maybe it'll be twenty years down the road. Who knows what's going to to happen in the future? Maybe whatever that thing is is still in the mind of its creator and it hasn't even come out yet. Maybe it'll be Monero. Maybe, Maybe it's, it's in nobody's else. mind. Our co-host, nobody. Yeah, because he's always coming up with he's new coins. He's always got something that he's cooking up. Um, so the, uh, the thing I really wanted to focus on though, is that despite all of the, whatever frustrations you might have seen from 
big banks getting involved or investment firms throwing a bunch of money in and trying to control these different entities, the failure of decentralized finance in so many ways. They've proven recently that not there's not a whole lot of decentralization uh, going on with with some of these organizations. Despite all the frustrations, the failures of different cryptos, like the Terra one that went from the top 10 down into the, I mean, near zero earlier this year. That was in May of this year, a huge failure of a quote-unquote algorithmic stablecoin. There's so many failures, so many you know scams, and at the same time, there's still so many opportunities, and so much money has been made. So much value has been created in this space from nothing. Value was created from pure code because prior to 2009, prior to uh, Satoshi Nakamoto's release of Bitcoin, this technology didn't exist. Mm -hmm. This is a completely new industry that has created at one point as much as $3 trillion worth of value. I'll have to check over at uh, the coingecko.com to see what the current one is. And think how new it is in terms of like every other industry. If something, I don't know, if any other type of thing came out in 2009, it'd be called new still. Always being get called the new industry, I feel like. It is pretty new, all things, especially when you compare it to other forms of of money, right? Look at checks. Look at credit cards. Look at uh, gold or silver, for instance. Paper money. These are concepts that credit cards are still relatively new, but, uh, you know, they didn't catch on right away. So, And do you know everything about the inner workings of a credit card? Of course not. Most people have... I, I don't think most people even realize there's a fee being charged uh, to the business to allow them to use a credit card. Oh, yeah. Um, at the Mighty Moose Mart where I used to work, mm-hmm. people are always like, is, is there a fee? Was there taxes on this? And I'm like, no, there's a fee for that card processor. And right. people sometimes can't wrap their mind around that. Like, wow, they're always trying to steal from us. Right, because the like, Moose Mart adds a fee if the person pays with a credit card. Yeah, because they don't want to have to pay that fee. That makes sense. Yeah, And mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more businesses doing that. Uh, by the way, the current market cap of the 12,894 cryptocurrencies that are listed over at coingecko.com. How many did you say? 12,894 are listed there. Now, most of them aren't even worth talking about. But the total market cap of all of those combined is over a trillion dollars right now. So it's still well over a trillion bucks uh, that is of the value in these uh, these currencies. Some of them are going to die completely. Most of many have died completely. They're not on the list anymore. There's mm. probably thousands that haven't made it, and uh, thousands more are going to die before didn't all of a sudden. Die? I have no idea. That's oh. a great yeah, question. Bitcoin isn't. Didn't Bitcoin get banned? Oh no, I said Bean Coin. Oh Bean Coin. There was one that was uh, pr- promoted at. Pork fest for oh, years. the beans. That's right. I remember that. I didn't know about it, but I was like, oh, we should create a crypto called Bean Coin for Coconut, because I also call him Bean. And Ian was like, that's already been done. <laughs> I was like, Dang it. it appears to still be there. I don't know whether it's doing anything. Mm-hmm. No, not much. Only $456 in trading volume in the last 24 hours. So mm-hmm. barely, it barely exists. Um, but uh, there are still some things, some some projects out there that are very, very exciting. So you look at what Bitcoin Cash has been doing. Technically, Bitcoin Cash is just basically a, a copy of, of Bitcoin from back in 2017. Now, they have added some features. They've added tokens uh, to Bitcoin Cash. They've, they've done some changes to it. It's no longer the original code. Uh, but they are, they're still, like Dash, have been po- pushing forward the idea of using this as money, using this as currency, buying things at cash registers and physical real-life locations. And there's some real... 
shining examples of this. So despite the fact, as you pointed out, Bonnie, that our caller was calling from Los Angeles, where I guarantee you, you can barely spend crypto anywhere. In these big cities, there's a lot of talk about Miami. It's a Bitcoin city. In no, Austin. it's not. In Austin. No, it's not. You cannot go to these places and actually sit down and buy a meal with cryptocurrency. Yeah, I asked my friend who lives in Austin recently uh, if there was anywhere he's seen any signs that say accepting cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or anything. And he said, nope, nope, not nope. that he's seen. Yeah, I can walk across town. We can pay for food, you know, dine out, dine out and I can get a haircut and I can do all yeah. kinds of things with crypto right here in Keene. There's a, there's at least a handful of places right mm-hmm. in downtown Keene that you can do that. Uh, and that's, you know, per capita, it's quite a bit when mm-hmm. you when you compare it up against other places where, you know, big cities like Boston or uh, Miami, these these literally have near to zero. And so it's just completely inaccessible in those places. But there's, you know, as much as we love what's happened here in New Hampshire, and it's not it's not nothing. What's happened here? We've done very, very well, all things considered. We're getting blown out of the water by St. Kitts, Nevis, and St. Martin in the Caribbean. Uh, there, they literally have over 100 businesses. That's great. In, in just St. Martin and over 100 businesses in just St. Kitts and, and Nevis that are accepting Bitcoin cash at the point of sale. We're talking about everything from cabbies to grocery stores to bars and restaurants and alcohol stores yeah, yeah. i mean you they have done an amazing like and also big names burger king you can go to burger king and pay bitcoin cash wow yeah so uh the, and just bitcoin cash specifically because i know that guy that promotes that he likes bitcoin cash i think it's bitcoin cash only i don't know um you know if i could leave the united states to go and visit i would love to because they're actually going to have a conference there in november and Prob- it's beautiful there. Probably it's going to be during the Crypto 6 trial, unfortunately. So uh, I probably can't go this year. But it really would be fun to go down there and you know try to live on just using cryptocurrency and see how that goes. Because I bet you can at this point. Like I said, there's a grocery store like with multiple checkouts, like a real grocery store where they've got point-of-sale devices for accepting Bitcoin Cash. So these things exist. And if I recall correctly, there's also a... I don't know if, it was, if it's Prague or there's some like northern european country that has a city where there's a fair amount of businesses also so there's these like shining lights out there where this is happening and the people that that want to use crypto as payments are able to do that and so new hampshire's got some catching up to do honestly Mm -hmm. we have work Uh, to do yeah there's more coming up here moments you can join us it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. I want to say thanks to Barry Swenson, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. You can join AMPS over at amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. If you like what we do and you want to help support Free Talk Live and get some cool perks, you can join Barry over at amps.freetalklive.com. Sign up with your debit card, credit card, or your PayPal account. And you, again, will uh, will benefit, uh, get some, some perks. Like one of those things will be upcoming. It'll be the only way to get the commercial-free full radio show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the changes that are coming to our podcast within the next week. You uh, can learn more about that uh, a little bit later on in the show here tonight. So I think I've commented all that I want to say about 
Tony's call with cryptocurrency. I still am super excited about the future of cryptocurrency. There's still some real bright shining lights out there. Another one's got to be ThorChain, uh, which is a decentralized exchange that allows people to exchange one cryptocurrency for another cryptocurrency, like say Bitcoin to Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin to Ethereum or one of the Ethereum tokens. Uh, you can do all of that without asking permission without having an account, without having to show identification, and that is unheard of in the world of cryptocurrency. So like that's and when the tornado cash crackdown happened uh, 2 weeks ago when the federal government in the United States announced that this code is now sanctioned, meaning that it's now a felony to use the tornado cash code, uh the Thorchain official Twitter channel basically said, "Yeah, we we can't do anything about this, so we're not going to do anything about this. So have have at it, you know. Good luck." There, whereas other so-called decentralized finance sites were banning tor- uh, Tornado Cash addresses from their site, so anybody that used Tornado Cash would no longer be able to use Uniswap, Ave. There's so many of these major successful so supposedly decentralized finance site that just totally jumped the shark and said oh yeah federal government said to do something so we're gonna do it even though we're quote-unquote decentralized shouldn't the point be there's no one for them to send mail to to right audit us or whatever and that and that that's that's what happens when you have people who are principled versus starting not. ideas versus yeah. you, you can tell who the bandwagon jumpers are yep. the opportunists versus the people who really truly believe in something but it takes an event like that to really separate the wheat from yep, the chaff totally right? so that's what we're seeing happen but right it will now. always happen yeah. you'll always be able to find It'll out who keep the happening and are. we'll find out who this you know the strong people yep. are out there so one more we can thing, support them one more thing i'd like to say about tony is what one thing that matt actually always says is that the cat is out of the bag you shouldn't yeah lose heart the government can't do anything to stop cryptocurrency too late. there are still people every out there. single thing the government is doing right now is desperate reactionism yep and yeah, that's they it. are that's desperate. all they have and the thing is it's not just the u.s government they're under a lot of pressure from foreign governments who are like what are you gonna do about these people who go on the radio talking to 190 countries around the world seven mm-hmm. nights a week about cryptocurrency and they're putting bad ideas. So I wouldn't have, I, I'm not surprised that we got raided. I'm not either. <laughs> you know, the scope of this is much bigger than just, uh, you know, people doing goofy, nerdy crypto stuff. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it, we're getting international here and it's banking and it's, you know, banking is threatened, governments are threatened, the entire power structure. Very, very threatened feeling. They're going to react. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And we can expect they're going to react when it comes to secession as well. And that comes it brings us back around uh, to what we were talking about earlier in the show tonight, which is Karen, a woman actually named Karen. You didn't realize her real no, name. No, that's hilarious, though. Actually, Karen Sue Steele. It's like, fight the stereotype, Karen. S-T-E-E-L-E. And she looks like a Karen and everything. Like, she's the perfect... Uh, opponent here she for, moved here from minnesota she sure did she's not a native uh she's a busybody leftist big government activist and she's attacked now via a complaint to the ballot law commission several uh 13 of the the courageous state representatives who voted to put something on the ballot just to simply put a question on the ballot to ask the voters in new hampshire if they want to declare peaceful independence she said that's a violation of the u.s constitution and she demanded that they be prohibited from running for office ever again the ballot law commission shot her down five to zero and said look that's not our jurisdiction if people don't want these candidates they'll just not vote for them 
Isn't that good enough? Why isn't that good enough? You're always talking about democracy, yep. you people. And the, the, the people like her are the same type of people who won't sign our little petitions to get Jeremy Kaufman on the ballot. Right, to give all like, choices. Oh, I hate free yeah, they, staters. They like but, their monopoly. Yep. Yeah, they, they want to keep that power. Yeah, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. On one hand, oh, it's all about democracy. But on the other hand, when somebody elects somebody they don't like, well, then they go to a centralized bu- uh, group of bureaucrats and try to get them disqualified. So there was another couple of things that I thought was worth pointing out about this, and I did write about it over at NHExit.us. As you pointed out, Bonnie, she actually named our websites, which was amazing. That's going to be one of the more amusing <laughs> clips. Uh, and she uh, further... I was trying not to laugh out loud. I was like having to cover my mouth when she was like... Uh, I can't remember the other one she was naming, but they were friendly to us, and she yeah, named NHExit. One NH of them was like NH Secession, I think, Yeah, is one of them. So thank you for uh, for all the publicity. Because, again, we would have had no reason to, to have a rally. We had ourselves a rally where a couple dozen people showed up and, you know. It was a great rally, actually. Out. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Alois spoke and it was great. Yep. And so we wouldn't have had an excuse. I mean, yeah, we could have thrown a rally, but we didn't have an excuse to right. do it until she. It's always better when there's an excuse. Yeah, until she did this. And uh, another big win was the fact that the attorney general is on the record saying that insurrection and rebellion has to involve violence, so they're not going to be able to trot that one out again. I mean, they could try, but we know what the AG's official position is. Now, look, I'm no fan of the attorney general's office. These are the same people that that uh, support prosecuting people for protesting out front of the, the governor's Yeah, they house, arrested right? a lady this week and made a big uh, statement about it because she didn't write political ad on an obvious political ad. Yeah, that was like a newspaper she was printing. Yeah, she runs right? her own uh, website, news website, and she didn't. And she did a political ad. Somebody running for office didn't yeah. write political ad. They arrested her, and they're charging her with six misdemeanors. Yeah, they suck. Misdemeanors. There's no doubt. Ta- I'm not trying to pump up the AG at all, because if they could have gone after these state reps, oh, they'd love to. They would, but they had to admit, nope. Got to use violence for it to be in, uh, insurrection or rebellion. So that argument shot down. And then finally, the other big win here is that the media all of a sudden took an interest. We couldn't do anything to get them to show up to the public hearing earlier this year when we literally packed one of the larger hearing rooms in the state house legislative office building when they were having the public uh, comment hearing on the the bill to ask people to put a constitutional amendment forward that would again have allowed people to vote on this question of peaceful independence we packed the room i put the word out to the media letting them know it was happening hey the big secession bill is happening why don't you send a reporter down not a single one not no, even that, a that room was packed too. Yeah, no newspaper reporters like 70 80 people at least it was, it was a good sized room and it was standing room only yeah. and there was people outside that couldn't come in yeah mm-hmm. uh and so yeah no, not a single reporter Anywhere for that. They didn't come to that. They didn't come to the uh, state reps when they voted on the bill. Nope, not not at all. But yesterday, WMUR was there. New Hampshire Public Radio was there. NBC from Boston was there. Maybe they were expecting like a Karen Smackdown. On and the I don't know what they were expecting, but they, 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 they knew Karen brings the drama. And so Karen brought some drama to this uh, to this movement, and they showed up. And there was like in-depth NH and another one I'd never heard of before. There were at least five different media organizations. They all filed reports yesterday. I've got a, a piece up at nhexit.us that links to 
four of them. The fifth one, NBC Boston, Boston. was there doing uh, filming for a series that they're going to be putting out. I think it was December or something. I don't later know. They filmed year. at Porkfest and they've yes. been following around Carlo. So they're, they're doing a series about the Free State Project. So they weren't there to report on the news. They were there to just kind of cover this as part of whatever it is that they're putting together. Mm. So that'll be interesting when it comes out but i was really happy to see that the mainstream media finally took an interest in this they they had reported on the independence bill just sort of generally like you know just oh ha 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 look at these crazy kooks with their secession bill and now it's like okay well there's a movement here and they had to talk about us and so i'm i'm excited about that and again i i had to thank karen when uh, she got out of the building and that and that video by the way we've got it from multiple angles that's going to be out <laughs> Uh, probably, if not later tonight, tomorrow. So you you sh- you could look forward to seeing. Well, how she Ian reacted. thanks Karen, but he also told her to go back to Minnesota. I did, yeah. When when she was done with the hearing, when they like ended her, they gaveled her out of the room. Oh, I, they uh, gaveled her out. Well, they they told her, you know, you're dismissed or whatever. And uh, and I told her, and I said, yeah, I said, go back to Minnesota because <laughs> you know a lot of the people that hate the Free Staters, they moved here too. Yeah, they're not mm-hmm. from here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they criticize us for that. Mm-hmm. They criticize us for moving here and trying to change things when that's exactly what they're doing. Yep. It's really and, weird. She's lived here one less year than Ian has. Oh, really? 15 years. I didn't know when she'd moved here. Yeah, and they're, they're most, a lot of them are from Mass and stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of them from other places. But if you talk to New Hampshire natives about the Free State Project, you would explain like to them us. what it is. They're like, yeah. well, what's wrong with that? Yep. That sounds great. Exactly. So it's going to be an interesting election season this year because they are pushing hard against the Free Staters. The leftists are pushing mm-hmm. hard. There's, like you said, a lot of money against us. Yep. So it'll be see how the, you know, the, the actual races and the results come out. Hour number three is coming up here. We're going to get into gun bans, magazine bans on the way. Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. Phones are open. If you want to join the show, you can do that. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. And coming up still, we got a poll that amazingly showing a majority of Americans calling the FBI Biden's Gestapo. It's kind of an interesting thing for a poll. It's like, did they say, what is the FBI, good guys or a, good guys, but B, Biden's Gestapo. Yeah. So I'm like, how did they get <laughs> that from a I'll poll? I'll see if I can find the actual question. Uh, I've got an RT report on it, but they do link to the Rasmussen published, or the, the Rasmussen article, which is, that's a polling company that did this. So I'll, I'll dig a little deeper. But meanwhile, you've got an update for us, Matt. You've been following closely uh, the situation with the Supreme Court rulings recently. Well, I've been trying. And the guns out there, you said you've been overwhelmed, though. There, oh, it, it, there's a lot going on right now in the Second Amendment world with uh, it, it, the highest levels of legal land. Has All there- good or some bad? It's uh, it's been overwhelmingly good and interesting, really. But uh, I mean, good and good and good. Okay, so last I heard was that there was the decision from the Supreme Court several weeks ago, a couple months or whatever it was now, that said that states like New York and others that had Illinois uh, states that had restrictions 
as far as uh, not shall issue states, right? They have right. Uh, may, the may issue. May issue states. That's not legal. Correct. That was basically overturned. Yep. Now they have to be shall issue. But that doesn't matter because the states aren't following those rules anyway, which is why it's not so good. And I mean, or in a way it is good because that just shows us that no matter how much they tell us government works, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. But you mentioned to me off the air that there was something else about magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, was there a separate case or was that all the same No, there's case? a whole bunch of cases going on. Okay. It's interesting. It looks like the Supreme Court intentionally lined up a, a bunch of 2A cases on hmm. purpose in a Second very Amendment. specific... Yeah, Second Amendment cases in a very specific order so that one would impact the next as hmm. they went down the line. And apparently Clarence Thomas is a huge gun nut. Never, huh. I never knew that. But he keeps writing opinions... Um, that are very glaringly clear. And one of the things that has come out is that the Supreme Court does not want um, that that these regulatory agencies are use what's called a, a tiered approach. So if this is a danger to society, then we can ban it here. So there's a case in Minnesota right now that the Supreme that's refusing to follow the Supreme Court's latest findings, and mm. they're saying, well. These people were carrying their guns at a state fair, and that's a sensitive place. So what the Supreme Court just got done saying is you can't just go calling everywhere a sensitive place. And here you are saying that a state Mm -hmm. fair is a sensitive place. It's not a federal building or a court or a, you know, whatever school or whatever other type of sensitive place that people might agree with, and even those are questionable, should those be non-gun-carrying places. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, this this court in Minnesota, federal court in Minnesota, just seemingly didn't care what the federal, the Supreme Court, their bosses just got done saying a week wow. before. Um, well, and what could really happen to them? If the and that's the thing I pointed out about these court cases before, people celebrate from the rooftops whenever the Supreme Court makes a, a big yeah. decision, and it's like it doesn't actually matter. It if doesn't, the, and we've seen this in the police. If government worked, it would matter, but yeah. government doesn't work. We, we've seen this with the police, for instance, where it seems to happen again and again. Somebody flips the bird to a cop cop arrests them or they say f you or they drive by and they play f the police some sort of insulting thing is done towards some sort of speech or you know a sign which is you know a speech using your fingers to to Mm -hmm. express yourself is done towards a cop cop gets mad cops arrest the person it goes all the way up to the supreme you know however high it needs to go before finally appeals or supreme or whatever overturns it and says Look, cops, you can't do this. And they You're keep not doing al- it. And they keep doing it because there's no punishment for no. them for this. Right. In the same way, if a federal circuit court judge ignores completely or reinterprets in his own viewpoint what mm-hmm. the Supreme Court says, exactly. what's the worst that's going to happen? Now, there gets- is remedy for that. There is action that can be taken. But Will you take asking- him off the bench? Oh, for for judges, I don't know. That's but what I'm for saying. The, for what the happens cops, to him? Well, yeah, for the judges, basically not. I mean, there might be some kind of judiciary review board. I mean, I know that in New York State, it's basically like it's it's judges in New York State do not want to have a strike against them on their record for even being investigated by the New York State Judicial Review Board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a weapon that you can use against judges, and in, in, at least in New York, they don't want to have a they don't want to have a legacy of having been investigated by the Judicial Review Board in New York State. Um, so there might be something, and I don't think all states have such things like that. But this one, I mean, 
this could come down to a deprivation of rights under law kind of lawsuit, but mm. it, can you file that against the judge? No, I don't think so. Um, you'd probably be pretty well off if you were to file it against the cops who are prosecuting the case in the first place. Qualified immunity. Quad of right. Well, deprivation of rights under color color of law doesn't really give Maybe you. Maybe you'd have a chance if you could somehow not get the case thrown out for whatever zillion different right. motions to dismiss that they would file. Right. Yeah, and it's another, very hard to get these people held responsible. It, it's almost impossible. They're yeah. basically immune from the law. Basically, a Supreme Court decision is nothing more than an opinion. An, it's nothing more than an arrow in a legal quiver. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It just allows you to file one of these cases and shoot that arrow and say, well, in the case of blah, 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 ruled in the summer of 2022, the court said this. And then that judge gets to make an opinion about what the court said. And if you don't like the judge's opinion about what the court said, you got to go to the Court of Appeals. And then they get to have an opinion about what the court said. And then if you don't like that, you get to go back to the very same court if you've you know, not exhausted your, uh, your funds that you have available, because this is not a cheap thing or to do. Or your time. Right. Or your time. Right now, it's 10 years later, or however long it takes to get through this system. Yeah. And in another case... Uh there's you know the 80 percent lower thing is also a huge hot button issue in the supreme court or was just until recently and um it doesn't really matter because the atf keeps on calling these 80 percent lowers firearms when machine they're specifically guns. not firearms they're not what did, what happened with the uh with the ma- magazine thing with the magazine sort of- thing the magazine thing that was in the pacific northwest where um so it's interesting. This is very convoluted because there's a whole bunch of different legal cases coming together um, just in kind of a perfect storm. So uh, mag- there's a magazine ban in California, right? And, and, and Total? Other- or well, is it well, over it's X? A, it's over X amount of, uh, okay. you know, and 10, they, they can't, or they, they can't be removed. It can't be possible to remove them with the push of a button or whatever, you know. <laughs> what? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> exactly. Well, they know that. Yeah. That's that they, they're. Do you have to put in a three digit code to remove the damn well, thing? I think with a pistol, if you were to have to lock a magazine into a, into a pistol permanently, you'd have to take off the slide and then load the magazine from the top of the pistol and then put the gun back together. <laughs> What if you need to defend yourself and you ran Tough. out of? Don't live in California. <laughs> Tough. Don't live in California. Yeah. Period. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, interestingly, in another case, the ATF was forced to admit that they have no, um, they have no uh, power to regulate parts. Hmm. hmm. Which is interesting because in another case, the ATF is pushing. Um, they are trying to ban eighty percent lowers, which are mm-hmm. just A piece of metal. Parts, yeah. if that. They're not yeah. even parts at this point. They're a hunk of metal or a hunk of plastic, and uh, they're, they're they're doing whatever they can. And and, and uh, but the, the the Supreme Court has stated very clearly that um, the two step approach is gone. They can't say, well, if this is a danger to society, then we can, you know, if this and that, then we can ban or regulate. The ATF's just changing definitions of nouns <laughs> right you know um and well, didn't uh, they arrest somebody for just printing up a diagram basically yeah the, oh yeah the, that was a great case and that's that that's about to get dropped from what i understand uh, but, that'd be uh, good news yeah the, the lightning link uh the Le- lightning that was link the term card. i couldn't yeah. remember the term for it's just basically this piece of metal yeah it was a drawing on a uh, piece of metal that you could then turn into a piece of yeah. metal if you wanted to cut out the drawing and but they called the thing that you would cut out of the drawing a machine, a machine gun, gun. Right. So that's how they're trying to get around it. They, oh, that's they, not it a was part. the whole drawing. They called the whole drawing yeah. a machine gun. That's how they're, they're trying to get around it. They're trying to say, well, that's not a part. Yeah, they're it's a dirt machine bags. gun. They're it's awful ridiculous. Dudes. 
Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. You can weigh in here. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whether you want to weigh in on cities and or states or judges ignoring the Supreme Court rulings on gun freedom that have been coming out this summer. Matt's been telling us, uh, giving us a rundown because it's been more than just the, the big one about the carrying permits. Apparently, they also overturned magazine restrictions which is a big deal like they completely overturned them yeah well there's nothing that it what they said was basically that in order to ban a a a thing they have to the the banning agency has to prove they can no longer use a two-tier they call it a two-step or two-tiered approach to decide whether or not a thing should be banned they have to find out whether it their ban would be supported by um History and tradition. Hmm. So basically, if the government in 1791 wasn't banning parts of guns, then they cannot now be banning parts wow. of guns. Nice. But yet, California... Oh, is- they're going to do it whether they like it or not. So the ATF, and it's not even California, the federal government has come down. The ATF has raided uh, or you know threatened to raid a couple of places, uh, one of which uh, JSD Supply... Uh, check him out, jsdsupply.com, owned by a great libertarian dude. Mm. Um, major, he, he he has changed from, uh, he, he's agreed to their threats and uh, refused to sell any 80% lowers that aren't serialized for the time being Damn. until the court case gets, you know, the court cases are all moving. There's more than just his in the works right now. So, uh, so what he's done is put up a bunch of files for 3D printed stuff in the meantime. So if you ever want to download some 3D, <laughs> 3D printed gun files. You can go to JSD Supply and get them there. And uh, to, the ATF's trying to come after those people yeah, too, right? 3D yeah. printing advocates mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we can continue that discussion here, but we do actually have Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. Oh yes, uh, I just want to know that our New Mexico Supreme Court has decided to give the undocumented, uh, the illegal lawyers to perform equally the same as the regular lawyers with um, citizenship. Nice. Huh. That's great news. Well, um, I'm kind of completely baffled because I never knew that you could go to college. You, the, They actually have graduates from UNIM with um, law licenses, uh, um, and they're illegal. They they don't have any green card. They're staying illegal, and... Um, Supposedly, this is uh, our state. This is uh, what we're so proud about in New Mexico because uh, we, we allow this. And, I think uh, that's so great that people can come from another country, uh, put effort into going to law school, unlike like the majority of Americans don't put it, like a whole bunch of effort into their jobs. Like People who go to like law school, it takes a lot of work, and then start working without being inhibited in New Mexico. No, is this people don't have to, if they're... Are we talking about people who are illegal immigrants acting as lawyers in court in courtrooms? Well, that's what Sarah said. But according to the story here at MSN, uh, this is from the Las Cruces Sun News posted yesterday, beginning in October, after a ruling from New Mexico's Supreme Court, 
Adults who are not U.S. citizens will be permitted to practice law in New Mexico under a rule change. So that's without a law license? They they couldn't get no, a law they, license? They have a, no, they do have, they have an actual, they, they passed the bar exam, they have a law degree. Right. Oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's just people who aren't citizens. So I'm wondering if uh, right. if people who've passed the bar in foreign countries would also be able to... I think you have to pass the New Mexico bar. The New Mexico bar? Yeah. Which, by the way, that's this is only a baby step in the right direction. Yeah. The, the best thing to do, the true pro-freedom step, would be to abolish any requirement that someone would have to be a member of the bar in order to, oh, totally. quote-unquote, practice law. Yeah. If I want to hire somebody who's a total amateur, somebody who has no law license, has never been to law school... Jay Noon. Yeah, that's who I thought of example. too. Yeah, um, somebody that has done their own research and they've got a maybe they even have a track record, right? Like they've represented other people in court. I should be free to make that choice. And sadly, I don't know if there's any state in the United States that is not completely dominated by the the bar association. What do you think about that, Sarah? Well, I guess so, but many circumstances you could represent yourself. You don't, I mean, that's fine and all, but most people don't have the wherewithal or the knowledge to be able to represent themselves. Have you ever been to court, Sarah? No, I never have. You're very fortunate uh, to to have spent your whole life without ever having. And a she's never court. been hit by a car. Yeah, you know what? She's 22 years of pedestrian, never been hit by a car, not even once. That's true, and never been to court. Well, I, that's pretty amazing. It's probably a correlation there. But you know what's funny is that I've I've heard about before like they were, they were going to give scholarship to the illegals to go to UNIM, and I had a big like a like a question mark in my head. It's like what are they talking about? Well, now I know what they're talking about. Obviously, the scholarships were helping to pay for these illegal undocumented to get law license, and now they could what the what it is is that they were limited in their ability to represent. Now they have full in the state of New Mexico to represent as equally as a regular lawyer that are citizens. So, you know, welcome to New Mexico. And, you know, our state used to give... So are you happy about this or not? Yeah, she sounds upset. No, I mean, I'm not... I, my, I don't know if I'm happy or not happy, but I'm just, like, baffled. I mean, I can't believe that this is what's going on. I mean, we have strange things going on in our state like nine months why is it so confusing they just said if you all they said was if you have a law license but you're not a u.s citizen you can still represent somebody in the new mexican court system well she called people who are u.s citizens normal people so she obviously has some kind of and she uses the term illegal as well which suggests she might be a little bit bigoted no but how did they get scholarship to go to UNIM. That's I don't know question. about that. I, that's, I don't live there. I have They've no probably idea. probably filled out some paperwork and the university gave them a scholarship. I mean, it's a it's a leftist state, so it wouldn't surprise me if they give out scholarships like candy. I, I, you know, that's all I got for yeah, you the same, the same with the nine-month abortion thing she just mentioned. That's a that's an extreme left-wing thing. Sarah's a communist. She should really <laughs> love this stuff. Right? It's That's why it's confusing to me. Well, uh, the other I guess thing, they can be bigots, too. The other step they could take to make this even better is just make it to where you don't need a social security number to work any job and then suddenly nobody would be able to complain saying illegal immigrants are coming here and getting on welfare that just doesn't actually happen white people are on more welfare than any other group and um it's hard to get on welfare it It doesn't it it doesn't happen in some kind of uh, rate bigger than other races sure and um 
people wouldn't have that to complain about anymore because these people don't, who wouldn't leave their beautiful countries with their hundred member families to go sit on a couch and eat Cheetos like uh, you, Sarah, and be on welfare. <laughs> these people actually want to like make their lives better. And if you just if if New Mexico and all states stopped inhibiting people from mm-hmm. doing that, um, nobody would be able to complain. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. I do appreciate her bringing this, the story to our attention. Anything that loosens up the rules on on representation in mm-hmm. court is good because the lawyer business, the lawyer industrial complex, yeah. if you will, is a very closed loop system. Yep. It's a very small circle. And of the people. more lawyers they have, the, the lower prices they're going to be. That's correct. And, and, more in competition. A, and a small state like, I mean, New Mexico is physically large, but it doesn't have a lot of population. In a low population state, every lawyer knows every other lawyer yep. and, and it's judge. truly a good old boys club. And so. I read about Sissy, um, your lawyer, when he got into it, it was because when he was a kid, all his Im- Italian immigrant family members couldn't read documents and things and they needed help, a lot of help, so that's why he became a lawyer. There's more cool coming story. up here in moments. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. And you can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com, download archives of the show, and so much more. All there completely free at freetalklive.com. As we continue, we're going to go back into... More of your calls and thoughts. And if we get the chance, we'll get into the story about the FBI, where a majority of Americans now are now saying that the FBI is Joe Biden's personal Gestapo, which is good good news. The only thing I would change about that, it's not, it's not, let's not say Joe Biden's personal Gestapo, just, just call them the Gestapo. The Gestapo. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, true. That's like what I was telling you what my dad thinks. Like, oh, we're just finding out a bunch of agencies colluded on the trump thing they all work together they all have the same bosses yeah it's true this is unfortunately still a political thing yeah and their bosses are not necessarily politicians either no they change the or they don't change rather when the politicians change out the bosses at the fbi and the bureaucrats they're all still yeah and who their bosses are probably aren't politicians either we go to uh more of your calls and thoughts though we got jet on the line in tennessee go ahead jet well, I was calling in because uh, I want to I want to tell everybody that it uh, you guys are really all feds. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Found us, I, and I knew it. I knew it from the very beginning. I mean, deep you know, cover. I, I just uh, I just knew the way you were you know talking about these things and kind of slipping in the word government once in a while that you really. <laughs> <laughs> so well, Matt's a Mason. I'm a, that's right. I'm a, I'm a Freemason. Oh, yeah. And Howard wrote that on a little, um, I don't know if Ian told you, he wrote it on a little spreadsheet of reasons that uh, FTL is... Free Talk Live is, is compromised or uh, federal or whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm a reason. That's good. Awesome. I'm so happy that yeah. I'm... Well, as you know, relevant. as you know, I do not recognize this thing we call government, and you should not also. I don't agree with their dictates that they call law because true laws never change, but they're always changing their mind. Now... I do have a recognize the, this FBI, DHS, TSA, IRS, federal mafia gangs, you know, as mm-hmm. other humans who are violent and evil. Um, so what I'm suggesting is you have to practice these references without the word government, like the, 
like I said, the IRS mafia. I mean, people will figure it out. Otherwise, what I'm telling you is what comes out of your mouth from that point on cuts you off at the knees. I, I, I just want you to understand, if you truly want freedom, you need to apply this wisdom I'm sharing. It's, uh, it's so simple. It's the idea that, you know, the beginning of this country, for example, they, they knew this thing called king, but they just said, hey, we don't recognize kings anymore. We don't mm -hmm. recognize this stuff. Um, we are our own people. You're just another human. Your poop stinks and all that stuff. So I'll give you the elevator speech real quick. And that is people with titles are just other people, just other humans who have no more right to do anything that you or I may not do. Ramen. Oh, no I totally agree. Magical powers. Um, they pretend to be your servants, yet you fear them. They say that they do the will of the people. Well, that's all BS. They tell us they are your democratically elected representatives of the people's voice. So here's what I want to know. I want someone to show me where the majority of people wish to be taxed in their wages, their homes, their purchases, and bow down to a stranger's command. I just want to see where the majority of people feel that way, because otherwise they don't represent anybody. Yeah, they represent a parasite class. Uh, they represent themselves. They represent an oligopoly of corporate masters that want to profit and control our every move. I mean, that's what they represent. And I think, though, if you put somebody to that question, Jet, they would have some sort of weaselly way of getting out of it. Because while they personally don't want to be taxed, they'll say some sort of programmed thing like, but that's the price we have to pay for a civilized society. And or tax yeah, the corporations. The Nations author. What's that? That was that, that, was that fellow who wrote uh, Wealth of Nations, I think. Who's Wealth of Nations, Adam Smith. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really nonsense. I just want people Well, there's a lot of brainwashing that, that has to be undone, and... You know, us saying these things, it's it's going to be just a drop in the bucket. I'm not saying we shouldn't and that we don't. We do, as I think as much as we can be cognizant of it. And I certainly appreciate you calling in to give us gentle, MLM. gentle reminders uh, <laughs> about it. But what, you know, what we need to have happen and what is happening now uh, here in New Hampshire is liberty-minded people who understand the paradigm that you're talking about, understand that government is violence, that government is criminality, uh, writ large, that's all it is. They're just a big criminal gang, the most world's most successful criminal gangs. And people well, who can express that publicly, not just Free Talk Live, but people running for office, somebody on a television show, you know, neighbors at, uh, at a church cookout or whatever, the more people can hear this particular viewpoint, the more they'll come to identify with it because ultimately... And that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We need to think of, view them, speak of these people as evil gangs and just other humans who have no more right than you are. Yeah, you know, we have a piece of paper hanging on the wall in the studio here. It says, don't say government or government people. Say goons, yeah, tyrants, despots, parasites, thugs, mafia, gang, idiots, liars, thieves, lunatics, killers, or gang members. It, or it, evil monopoly. It actually says, don't say government, say government, government people, people or... Uh, so government people is an alternative to government. Unfortunately, Mark poorly designed it because no one can read the the small print in between <laughs> some yeah, of those well, words. That was, that was my email that I sent him. Okay. 
Oh, so you did that. And I thought Mark... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's been hanging out of the wall in here for as long as I've been coming It's been out some here. years that that's been here. Yeah, that's Put together true. a spreadsheet that kind of said, okay, in this circumstance, calling this and that, 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 and a little went down on the left-hand side, you know, the different titles and then what they truly mean on the right-hand side. But this, it makes more, it's got more of an effect when you get enough people together, and that's what we're doing here in New Hampshire, and I, I just think it's so important to invite everybody that thinks like this, that wants to see things like independence that wants to see more freedom. You've got to get together with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to cut it being anywhere else. I'm sorry. I mean, I wish there was another option for, for freedom, but there really isn't. Everything Unless else... Unless you have a broadcast venue. <laughs> it's not going to cut it. Unless, I mean, it, yeah, it's great that we're on the radio, but we're only on the radio in 190 places, there. and and you know we're not on live in a lot of spots, and we're on the middle of the night in, in some of those places. Not that I'm not grateful for I being on. I think that Free Talk Live is great at getting people to come here i feel like free uh free state project probably would have failed by now without yeah, free if talk you life. think that uh that freedom's going to catch on anywhere else in the united states uh, there's, there's just no evidence for it not unless it radiates out from here yeah yeah we got to prove that it works it, just want to say i do appreciate you feds and uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks jet i appreciate hearing from you thanks for the call tonight great call let's talk to jack in washington state you're on free talk live go ahead jack uh, quickly, the government's the mafia, and we are the, you know, a dry cleaner and uh, um, butcher shop owners that the mafia walks around and collects the money from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just what it is. It's what it is, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be no, what it not. is forever. What is can change, but what has to happen is people have to believe that change is possible. If you don't think it's possible, then it'll never happen. You're you're wholly owned if you can't even imagine something uh, different because uh, I just uh, heard Mark Passio talking about this and it's stuck with me. It just if you can't even use your own imagination because the government has gotten you to not be able to use it mm-hmm. you're owned in every single sense of the word because your imagination is where all your thoughts begin you're mm-hmm. completely literally mind controlled if you can't imagine how we would function without government roads and that's where we're at right now with yeah. the whole secession thing is there's a lot of people that they cannot imagine it even though new hampshire was its own nation before we're just talking about going back to the old days basically but like we need a, a plan to make me feel better we no. need to be absolutely sure that everything will work out you know, 100% according to plan. And centrally planned. Jack, I know you wanted to make a point here. Stand by. We're going to bring you back here in a moment. More with Jack in Washington State. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. We get you in in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up. The number is 603 283 And as always, you can take control of the airwaves here. And we still have the Rasmussen Report on how many people in the United States think the FBI is the Gestapo. It's Free Talk Live. Live phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Bring up what you want. We'll get you in here in the remaining moments with you tonight. It's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. So we're going to try something new in, I don't know, less than a week from now. We have a theory that perhaps podcasting the full radio show has been holding us back. And what I mean by that is holding us back from growing the podcast. Uh, your average podcast is not two hours in length. Ours is. And your average podcast isn't seven days a week. Ours is. So we've got a two hour a day, seven day a week podcast. A lot of people listen on 2x speed so they can get it through mm-hmm. quicker. Uh, most podcasts don't have that length. And maybe the kind of radio things we have to do where 
on the radio, you've always got people tuning in, right? Any moment, somebody's getting in the car at the airport, they're turning the key, and they're hearing us right then. So they don't know what we just finished talking about. So we always have to recap and reset. And that doesn't really work on a podcast, right? If it's a podcast, you know, you, nobody's just doing a needle drop in the middle of the show. They're listening from the beginning to the end, or if, hopefully to the end. But at the very least, they're listening from the beginning. So they don't need to know who we're talking to 10 times in a show or what the last topic was three times in an hour. So maybe if we cut some of that stuff out of the podcast, it would make it a little more lean, a little less time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our friend Riley, who's been doing the Daily Digest for years, as just a volunteer thing, he's been getting donations from folks to support him, I hope. Uh, But he's been doing it for a very long time. We said to Riley, well, you know, how how about if we started to pay you? And uh, that way you're on a schedule and you're making this thing every single day and you're making it longer because he's been doing the digest, but they've been about a half an hour a piece. So now make make it 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere in that range. Uh, So he's been cranking out some 45 minute ones recently. So they're a little bit longer now, uh, but they're still, you know, roughly half or a little less than half the length of your typical episode of Free Talk Live. Now, we understand this is going to upset some people. And we've already gotten some emails from some longtime listeners who are like, hey, I like the whole the full radio show. What are you doing this for? Well, the idea is maybe if it's a more of a digestible thing that people can share easier and doesn't take as much time to invest in to listen to and won't turn people off because it's repetitive like the radio show is, maybe that'll lead to us having a, a bigger podcast. Maybe. I don't know. We won't know until we try it out. So that's what we're going to do uh, starting next week on the on September 1st is when we're going to throw that switch. And then that'll mean that the full two-hour-long radio show, which is, by the way, edited down from three hours. If you take the whole three-hour radio show, you cut out the commercial breaks, you cut out the news breaks, you get basically two hours of solid talk content. Those uh, two-hour shows will still be available through the AMPS program. So if you are a member of our AMPS Patreon at amps.freetalklive.com, you get that with no recorded commercials in there at all. And that's what the AMPS have been getting for quite a long time, so that's not new for them. But if that's something that's really important to you, maybe you want to join the AMPS program. If not, then you can still get it by listening to us live from 7 to 10 at night every single night at freetalklive.com or on our video channel on Odyssey at video.freetalklive.com, which of course has archives, so you can always go back and and get the full radio show that way. And we also have the live stream at listen.freetalklive.com that airs the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day. It, It does it live for three hours and then runs that same show for 21, the next 21 hours until the next live show. So there still are going to be ways uh, to get the the full radio show, but it's not just not going to be in our podcast is the idea. So we'll see if it works out. Uh, and that's the news. Let's go back to Jack. He's in Washington State. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yeah. So what were you saying um, before? I was talking about something else, but I want to bring up Ukraine. You yeah. Guys, like, what is your opinion on that? I have a point, a question, but how do you guys kind of feel about it? Your vibe with everything else going on in your life, the war, Russia, and Ukraine. Which of y'all wants to start? I don't think that it, the uh, Ukrainian government is promoting democracy and needs to be defended from the Russians to protect democracy. I think the poor people of both sides, um, I feel bad for them. I don't think they should be fighting each other for their governments having some kind of issue. And I feel bad for the people in um, eastern Ukraine who want to secede but aren't being allowed to. Matt? 
I just repeat exactly what Bonnie said. I mean, I think that's a, the, yeah, not not a word. I wouldn't change a single, single thing that Bonnie just said. I will add to what Bonnie said about the whole democracy BS. You want to prove that they don't care about democracy? They banned the opposition party. Yeah. Mm. They literally banned it, and now they're starting to ban the speaking of Russian. And that is not exactly. a freedom-oriented place. They're not freedom fighters. No. I mean, that is aside from the whole Nazi yeah, thing, which is that. also a legitimate exactly. concern that there are Nazis running the government there. I mean, government's bad as True. is. It's a bunch of thugs, but now you got a Nazi I uh, saw, government. Um, on Zelensky's official Instagram page, there's a picture of this guy. It wasn't Zelensky, mm-hmm. and he was wearing some kind of militaristic shirt, and he had a symbol for a specific division of the SS, not from Nazi <laughs> Germany, on his shirt. It was. Zelensky's official Instagram. And did page. you actually go to the his official page to verify that that was true? I just saw somebody else post it. To be yeah, honest. okay. You got to you got to check those because it could. I have could Instagram be off my phone because I don't like wasting my. Like time it's on believable it. that that could be true, but yeah, it's always good to ch- to check those things. But that said, there have been plenty of uh, you know, Nazi. verified it's Nazis new, there. It's like a new world order thing going on, and they're yeah. the mafia, and Ukraine was a bookie. And now it's all coming home to roost. Well, well, I think it's also worth pointing out Vladimir Putin is also a bad guy. The Russian government are also Absolutely. bad guys. These are a bunch of, as is typical with war, you're dealing usually with a bunch of bad guys having themselves a spat over some sort of petty thing like territory or whatever. They're just mafias. If it's true what uh, Putin says, and it may not be because he's a politician, but if it's true their their position is that the Donbass region declared independence in 2014 and it was not recognized by the Ukrainian government. And it should have and it should have been allowed to happen. If this is truly all over a failed secession attempt or an unrecognized secession attempt, then maybe this could have been prevented by the Ukrainian government simply allowing those people to go their own separate way. Yep. So, and then my, my main point I want to make is, and I dare any one of you to do some hard research, to find some actual of these war crimes that do not look staged. Um, oh, yeah. There's a train. I follow all of them, all the mafia uh, newscasters from Ukraine, so I can look at it. And there's a train that said it got bombed yesterday. You can find it on Twitter. The grass underneath the train is green. Hmm. The, everything's rusty. I mean, it's so ridiculously obvious. Wait, wait, wait. So what, what's going on? It looks staged. Oh, look, yeah, well. I honestly think there. I think a lot of what we're seeing in the news is state call me conspiracy theorists. Go for it. People have been doing it for 25 years. But I think a lot of what we've seen in the news for a long time has been absolutely soundstage produced production level Hollywood garbage. Sandy Hook. Like, I don't doubt that this stuff is literally fake. That's the opinion of Matt Rich. I was about to say, say what you think about uh, Sandy Hook so you can get sued. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot this happened to Alex Jones, right? So I I don't doubt it for a second. I have no doubt about that. And I also think that a lot of the opposition voices, quote unquote, opposition voices that we're reading on Facebook and stuff are probably just well-programmed bots. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure they're actually people. There was a ton of fake stuff coming out when the first uh, when the invasion first happened or the alleged invasion first happened uh, so much fake stuff there was footage from a video game that was getting passed around there was footage from from seven years ago in Ukraine that was getting passed around as though it was fresh they would like flip it or crop it or it's psychological like warfare yeah, it's, it's just psychological crazy warfare. and both sides are telling lies and thank as, you Jack for as the far call as I appreciate the it bots I think that's a lot of what the bad opinions about crypto are on Twitter they're like people that don't make any sense don't, and they just say like, S coins are bad and 
Bitcoin is the only way. And if you go to their account, they have like one follower and they just post right. about Bitcoin being the only way mm-hmm. all the time, only in weird sentences like that. Yeah, I, I could totally see them using bots to get American people to think it's cool to be mm-hmm. pro-Ukraine. Rasmussen asked a few questions, relatively short survey, only four questions. And the fourth question was, do you agree or disagree with this statement? There is, quote, a group of politicized thugs at the top of the FBI who are using the FBI as Joe Biden's personal Gestapo, unquote. 34% strongly agree with that statement. 19% somewhat agree with it. So that's a total of 53% that agree with that statement. 10% somewhat disagree. 26% strongly disagree. And 10% are not sure. It breaks down uh, in a lot of cases on uh, political lines, right? So Democrats tend to trust the FBI right now. And the Republicans tend to not trust the FBI right now. That's what this really kind of washes out as. But that said, it is interesting. Uh, we have seen a larger number of people becoming skeptical at the very least towards the fbi and of course they have a long history of being used for political purposes this is not anything new it goes all the way back to uh, martin luther king but to anybody out there that is has had their eyes opened recently don't just stop digging here keep looking it goes back look, further than martin luther king it look, goes way back into the hoover era yeah. that was a hit organization from day one and look at the police state in general it's not just a problem with the fbi it's a problem with all policing centralized authority uh monopoly services on violence which is basically all the uh, the government police are out all of time. cops are bastards all time uh, out of time tonight you can join us tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com mark edge free talk live here at Freedom Fest, and right now I've got with me David Tice, who is, I believe, the producer of the movie Grid Down, Power Up. And David, um, tell me what your movie's about. So this movie, Mark, is about the vulnerability of the U.S. power grid. And if the power grid goes down for an extended period of time, tens of millions of Americans could die. And frankly, this is a vulnerability that should have been fixed decades ago, Our military has protected their infrastructure, our missile systems, our command control centers against physical attack, electromagnetic pulse attack, geomagnetic disturbance, as well as cyber attack. And frankly, our civilian infrastructure has been left unprotected. When you're talking about the the grid and tens of millions of people dying, it's a hyperbolic statement. What kind of how would this happen? How would tens of millions of people die? So what happens, Mark, is that after air, electricity is more important to human beings than anything else. And you might think, well, water we need after three days, but your municipal water systems will go out if electricity goes out. Your home pump, too. Your home pump, and therefore uh, the rule of three says that Americans, human beings, will die if they don't have water after three days. Then you look at the wastewater. If the wastewater system goes down, then you have cholera, typhoid, dysentery, etc. Americans will die. So then you're talking about also everybody at the nursing home who's, uh, you know, needs eh, life support of some sort um, and a variety of things like you just figure everybody at the nursing home's dead uh, immediately. They might have a week, 10 days. Exactly. Now, there's been a congressionally mandated EMP commission that actually operated for 17 years. And we have some of those luminaries from this highly credentialed commission. And the commission has 
much more authority and power than a congressional committee. And they found that as many as 75 to 90 percent of Americans would die if electricity grid went down nationwide for more than six months. So I imagine Americans aren't thinking about the grid very much and certainly not thinking about very often the vulnerabilities of the grid. I have done some research in this. I think the grid is far too vulnerable. What can we say that would uh, convince people that there are vulnerabilities to the grid? Well, they should go to our website at griddownpowerup.com. We have a plethora of information. We, we have excerpts from these congressional uh, commission reports. Uh, you can see our trailer. You soon will be able to see our movie. Again, we have Dennis Quaid narrating it. We have four-star generals talking during it, Newt Gingrich. We have Senator Ron Johnson. All these luminaries are talking about the risk. And something we've done with this film is it has a feel-good ending to it, saying that we Americans have had our back up to the wall before, and we can overcome these obstacles, but we all need to get behind it. And that's why we utilize Power Up as the second part of our name. We need to keep the power on, but frankly, the American people need to exert their power. Obviously, at this moment in time, there's not a problem, but you got to think about this important thing, electricity, if you want to keep it going. And um, in many cases, the companies that are running the grid are looking at how cheaply can they do it. They're letting things deteriorate that shouldn't deteriorate. And you wouldn't know that you're on the parapet of a ca catastrophe, but, I mean, we very well could be. What about the... When the idea that the power grid goes down for months, what kind of scenario would cause that to happen? Because it seems like if a part breaks, they go out and they fix it. So one of the big risks is transformers. And most of these transformers are made in Germany and South Korea, and a lot of them are made in China. And if a transformer goes out, you just can't go to GE and order a new one. And therefore, we quoted and include we include footage from a 60 minutes report that came out in February that talked about if nine substations go out that were strategically located it could knock out the grid coast to coast and these transformers can be knocked out permanently such that you need a new one if there is a anything can break that that needs to be you know completely that would you know be completely destroyed and if you're saying as few as nine substations how many transformers in a substation how, like how would that work well there are typically i think 4 to 10 per substation but you could knock out all those transformers inside that substation and again we've We've shown footage from the 60 Minutes report. There, there was a FERC report. There was a uh, 2013 attack on a substation in Silicon Valley that was frankly covered up that we believe potentially came from a terrorist attack or a state actor that was showing that as a trial run. So state actors a possibility. What about these eco-terrorists that were running around maybe 20 years ago? You know, for whatever reason, they think that electricity is uh, what's ruined the human experience or something. So of, of the three risks that could come from adversaries, that is physical attack, 
cyber attack and electromagnetic pulse. So electromagnetic pulse and a massive cyber attack would probably have to come from a state actor like a China, Russia, North Korea, or Iran. Now, physical attack could come from you know, a smaller terrorist group, et cetera. Now, they might not have the organization to figure out exactly the nine, but they could certainly knock out Los Angeles or San Francisco or Minnesota, et cetera. You think about Russia, for instance, it's, uh, you know, Right now, Biden, the Biden administration has spent, sent tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine. Russia is known to have a very uh, robust intelligence organization that operates uh, globally. Certainly the USSR did uh, back in the day. You know, many people have, are very familiar with this. The idea that they aren't currently spying on our substations, if this is a vulnerability, seems ludicrous. Well, to take that further, Mark, there have been a number of defectors from Russia and China and North Korea, Iran, and we have information. They provided documents to us showing that shutting down a civilian power grid is part of their war plan. Essentially, our Navy SEALs and our Green Berets, et cetera, when we go into foreign territories, you know, that's part of our playbook is to take down power grids. And so this this is known as being a method that could be utilized. So where do people go? How do they get involved? This sounds really important. So they go to griddownpowerup.com. And in fact, we are converting this movie into a movement, Mark. And we believe that you should choose power up, not grid down. We have a email writing campaign by which if you just put in your home address and a few clicks of your mouse, you will have pre-written letters to your state governor, your t- congressman, your two U.S. senators, and your two state legislators. And additionally, we, we have a way you can call them seamlessly, and we're going to donate 25% of any proceeds from the film to 501c3 organizations to fight on the ground for grid protection. Grid down, power up. David Tice, thank you. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com.